0: Morning everyone it is Wednesday the 20th of July Morning, Marcus. What
1: happened overnight? You've got a smile on your face. Morning, Ben. i always got a smile on my face. Actually, that's not true. Dow Jones up 754 and closing near its highs as well. Futures up 79. NASDAQ up 3.1%. S&P 500 up 2.76%. We are going risk on the barometer of irrational exuberance and risk on feelings. Bitcoin up 8.7%. And doubtless, a few people having a bit of a crack at some of the technology stocks this morning in the wake of that Nasdaq bounce. Some of the chatter going around includes the Fed only raising rates by 75 basis points rather than 100 basis points next week. Read reduced inflation risk and reduced recession fear. Also talk that the European Central Bank has its meeting, I think, this Thursday, are going to raise rates by 50 basis points, not 25 basis points. And on the back of that, the euro has picked up. So you've actually seen now the US dollar down 2.64% in three days. That is a massive move for a currency in just a few days. It is the barometer of recession fears. In other words, it's the safe haven currency. We'll see you next We'll see you next time. The more people are worried about recession, the higher the US dollar has gone, and now it's coming off the tops. it is one of those indicators that we will see at the top, the US dollar will come off when the market starts to bottom, and it has come off for three days, bit early to say that's it, but an interesting indicator. There's also, with the US dollar going down, a bit of relief in metal prices, although they haven't done much today. Copper's up to 6.8% in two days, nickel 13%, aluminium 5%. You can see a few people will have a hair trigger on the resources sector buying and may pull a couple of things today. Otherwise, banks had a solid night in the UK. We were talking this week after the ANZ purchase of Suncorp, that there's some value appearing in that sector with 9% gross yields on ANZ, for instance, and banks generally doing well across the board. US results overnight, Twitter up 2.8%, Netflix 5.6%, and a few others as well, generally okay results. The other bit of news is that Gazprom are talking about turning on the pipeline, which they cut to 40% capacity going into Europe, and it is due to come back on July the 11th, according to a news wire coming out of Russia, which is interesting. That might reduce inflation fears a bit. The oil price has actually gone up overnight, but the gasoline price in the US is below $4.50 for the first time in a while. Ukraine war doesn't get any better as Putin meets the supreme leader Ayatollah al-Hermani in Tehran. And that is probably it. All eyes on the FOMC meeting next week. Will they do 75 or 100 basis points and on the ECB tomorrow night. Very nice. Thank you, Marcus. Tom, how's it going
0: locally today?
2: Thank you, Ben. Our market having a good day. 81 points to the good when I took my notes. Tech and consumer discretionary outperforming block up 5% SQ2. Zero up 6% and JB Hi-Fi up 4%. Consumer staples just slipping into negative territory and healthcare underperforming. Coles down 0.3% and CSL down 0.4%. We had Philip Lowe speaking this morning. He was saying that there are more rate rises to come. That's not really new information, but the bank was going to act now to avert a sharper slowdown. So that, I guess, front loading of rates theme playing in there. Megaport MP1 up close to 30% on a maiden quarterly EBITDA profit. Allchem was up and now it's down 3% on its Q4 update. BHP and Rio both higher. The big four banks minus ANZ because it's in a training halt. They're all up around 1%. And we have China loan prime rate fixing due today. So it'll be interesting to see if they want to stimulate the economy a bit more or keep things the same. Thank you, Tom.
0: Leighton, what have you got from the brokers?
3: Thank you, Ben. I've got a couple to go through this morning. BHP Group had their June quarter update, which was in line with expectations. The brokers note that the update showed strong copper production numbers, but lower than expected prices. The broker recommendations were a little bit mixed this morning, but they're either neutral or overweight recommendations. And despite the solid result, Macquarie says it expects near-term pricing headwinds. But the average target price from the brokers is around $43.50, which implies about a 19% upside. And also JB Hi-Fi. Marcus, you'll touch on this a bit later in your strategy, I believe. I saw a piece in there. Yeah. Most of the brokers this morning are bullish. So this comes after their preliminary results. As I said, most of the brokers are bullish. There's an ad from Morgan's, an outperform from Credit Suisse, and City has upgraded to a buy. Macquarie is more cautious for FY23, given the rising inflation and interest rate outlook. They've got an underperformed recommendation and a target price 2% below the current market price. But the average target price from the brokers that have updated this morning is $47.32, which implies about a 13% upside. Thank you, Ben.
4: Very nice. Thank you, Leighton. Morning, Henry. What are you writing about today? Morning, Ben. Just talking about something that we talk about on AusBiz a lot, which is the nibble, which is a bit of an accumulate, and the fact that I'm putting some money to work today in some of the lithium stocks, the resource stocks generally, also in BUBS, which I've talked about good quarterly today, and showing the effects of that operation fly infant formula to Joe Biden's house, which is obviously paying dividends for BUBS as well, noting that, certainly there are some bargains around and playing the hot tub time machine with the long short fund LSF, which does tend to lag a little bit. And one specky lithium stock as well that could be interesting. And lithium is still the word as far as I'm concerned. And we did see the chairperson of Tesla the other day, the Clean Energy Summit, talking about the unique opportunity that Australia has. We are already the world's biggest producer of lithium. And for those of you who have been watching, Chile has just put a big super profits tax on copper in their jurisdiction, Chile is the second biggest producer of lithium. So you think if they're doing copper, it's only a matter of time before they look to lithium as well, given the elevated prices. So we are in a unique position to be a supplier of battery materials and just listing the top seven producers of lithium around the world in terms of companies. And the one that stands out, which has the JV with the Chinese, of course, is IGO, but too big for the small caps. But Pilbara and on the list there. I already own Pilbara in the small caps but adding to Liontown and also buying a gold stock today as well, Dacian Gold, which gives you an intro into Genesis Minerals, which is run by a bit of a doyen of the gold mining sector, who's putting the band back together. And we spoke about that yesterday. So adding that one as well. So good market today, putting some money to work, risk off, it's time to nibble. As always, thank you, Henry. On to our fresh ideas today, Chris, you've got a chart of the... Day for
5: us. Thank you, Ben. Like Henry, when I saw the market had rallied overnight, the first thing I thought about was lithium. It seems I've backed perhaps the wrong horse, at least at this point this morning. I've taken a look at AllChem off the back of their activity report. Seemed to me to be pretty good. Obviously, the market was wanting a little bit more, but they had record production of spodumene concentrate at their Mount Catlin project. That's their big one, of course. They also generated record revenues in the most recently completed quarter and had gross margins of 84%. And they went on to say that demand for spodumene remains robust and concentrate pricing in the september quarter is expected to be higher than in the june quarter so it all read pretty well to me the brokers like it as well target price is 10 to 70 percent above the current market price like i said it's down a little bit this morning three percent but this is one that i still like and i think lithium is a good space conferring with what henry was saying earlier very nice thank you chris
0: tom you also have a fresh idea for us
2: i do ARB Corp. They make the four-wheel drive add-ons that I'm sure Chris likes to put in his car. And this comes off the back of the JB Hi-Fi really strong preliminary results. And the idea that Henry also talked about yesterday was that the consumer is really strong. And we had the RBA out yesterday reinforcing that idea. Household balance sheets are in a very good shape. They've built up solid buffers to combat that higher inflation and higher interest rates. And looking more to ARB, it's the dominant player in its category. And while we do have higher costs and product shortages are expected to color the results on August 23, there isn't a high bar for the company to beat. Management has a positive outlook, believes it's well positioned. Brokers like the business, the average target price implies upside of more than 26%. Technical picture is improving. So I'm saying it is one to look at, Ben.
0: Very nice. Thank you, Thomas. Before we go on to strategy, just quickly, we've got our weekly income investors section in the newsletter. Having a look at the dividend portfolio over the last week, no change though we are maybe getting a little bit itchy feet as the market has a good day. One of the main concerns is market bottoming, question mark. We've also got August reporting season coming up, which will, of course, bring with it the dividend announcements, which we will be very attuned to. Our performance last week lagged a little bit because of that extra cash, which is why that question is coming up a bit as well. No dividends on the radar at the moment, but looking at the calendar, Rio kicks things off with their results announcement next Wednesday and distribution announcement alongside that, while CBA on the 10th of August and BHP on the 16th will be the most widely anticipated for the dividend portfolio. Going forward, we've also got our weekly look at the dividend portfolio x-ray, which is not changing a whole lot at the moment, but we'll expect a bit of action come results and update of all the numbers
1: behind it. So a bit to look in there for the income investors. Marcus, what have you got strategy? Yeah, we're saying this is the moment, isn't it, for income investors to wonder whether to top up ahead of results and I would say that We're, of course, talking on a good day. We could have a shocker tomorrow. But there is definitely value appearing in some stocks as... Tom pointed out on Monday with things like JB Hi-Fi on a 9% yield. There is value appearing. The banks seem quite settled. Michelle Bullock yesterday talking about household debt and how we have asset prices underwriting debt at the moment. In other words, there's very little mortgage stress. The banks seem reasonably comfortable. We only have the CBA's dividend coming up. Um, but you can see that we are at a good point to think about buying rather than at the top of the market ahead of the results season. Uh, The game, of course, I would just tell everybody, The game, of course, with results is that if you are looking to buy for a dividend or strip a dividend, you can wait for the results to come out and then decide after the results. Once the company has been de-risked with results, then decide after that to buy for the dividend. So the technique for the nervous income investor is to wait for the results, have a look at what the brokers have to say about it the next day. You have to wear whatever the share price knee-jerk reaction is on the back of results. But after that, you can buy safely with the dividend coming up, and the stocks effectively de risk itself for three, six months. So that might be the technique for nervous income investors at this stage in the game. Otherwise, strategy today, I've had a look at a few charts, and the obvious message is that there is no technical, or it is far too early to decide to buy anything on a technical basis. If you have a look at the NASDAQ, S&P, the banks, resources sectors, there is no technical improvement, a material technical improvement to say you should go and buy something. But having said that, you can see the market this morning with a Nasdaq up over 3%, the sentiment improving, the US dollar in particular coming off 2.5% in three days, metal prices ticking up a bit. There are a few people who will not wait for the technical (laughs) evidence and will pull the trigger on buying a few things. So the game for us is to say investors, relax. It's only one good day. But for anyone who does want to buy stuff, there are a few ideas. I would say Macquarie is the obvious stock market stock, which has got good gearing to recovery in the market. Consumer discretionary, as we've seen, JB Hi-Fi, ARB, Nick Scarly, Breville, you can name a lot of these companies that have got results coming up. And JB Hi-Fi telling you that the Australian consumer is not, contrary to rumor, dead and that in fact is alive and well and spending, in which case, although this may be as good as it gets, some of these results are likely to be less risky than we thought. And as the market goes risk on again, they are stocks that have been absolutely pummeled. So might now see a bounce. And in the technology sector, obviously, some of those stocks will bounce. I'd stick to the quality end, things like zero, computer share, seek, REA, car sales, DHG, that sort of stuff. But plenty to buy if you wanted to pull the trigger at this stage. At this point, it is only trading. Haven't done anything in the strategy portfolio yet, still in cash, but I'm certainly thinking about it. And if you have a look at some of the ETFs that have started to move, you can see it's the obvious ones, the ones geared to the market, geared to the NASDAQ have started to pick up. It's a one or two day thing, but clearly some people will be interested in having a crack at this point in time. And that's about it. Main message was a bit too early to go hard. Very nice. Thank you, Marcus. Staying on that topic for our question of the day is
0: if you were forced to buy a stock for the bounce, what stock would you be buying? Tom?
2: Well, the way I'm approaching this question is looking at the companies that are oversold and that's RSI of below 30 for technical players out there. And Zip Co is one of those. And I think it's up quite handsomely today. So purely on trading and technicals buy something that's been knocked down the most.
0: I just looked up before zip's performance over the last month or so because last time we had this question, I said it for the same reasons as you. Yeah. It's up sixteen percent last month, I think, but from the bottom 40%. So it shows that when it's that badly it's in a badly down, yeah. it doesn't take a whole lot to move. It's still on a long term chart, it's still right at the bottom, but forty percent of not much is
3: still forty percent. Leighton. I'd be looking towards the lithium stocks, as has been mentioned by Henry and Chris. I think they took a pretty big sentiment hit when the market turned. I had to pick one. Liontown seemed to drop quite a lot, so I think there's a bit of upside there. Turn yourself into the twelve million dollars. <laughs> yeah, very nice, Chris. Marcus mentioned it earlier. I'd be
5: taking a look at zero up at seven and a bit percent today. Just again talking about the technicals, it has bounced off the lows around seventy-five and is now back up towards ninety. And as it is been rallying off those lows, volume has been picking up as well.
4: So more and more people interested in piling back into this one, it seems. Thank you, Chris. Henry? Interesting. I guess the ones that will run hard and fast will be, and we've seen this because volumes are still very, very light. So I have to say, when you look through the, the stocks that are moving and shaking, the volumes are pretty pathetic. Volume on the ASX is pretty pathetic, as it is in the US. There's more machines playing at the moment than there are humans, I think. The Zip is one we did highlight back under 50 cents with the big cash pile they've got. So that's going quite nicely. But I would look probably, if you want serious bang for your buck, I would go through the top shorted stocks and have a look there. We saw Lake Resources, which got walloped with that JCAP report a few days ago. That was up 13% yesterday. There's 9.6% of the register shorted. Same with things like PolyNovo, even Kogan. Mesoblast has been on a big rally at the moment. That's 8% of that is shorted. And then you look at the big daddy of them all in terms of short position, and that is Flight Center. 15.8% of that stock is shorted. And I'd also look at something like EML Payment which has got problems, but also has got its attractions. 10% of that one is shorted. So I would look through that top short list. And if the market does rally substantially, that is where the robots will go because they don't want to get caught with their trousers down when the market does rally. So very good points there, Henry. Thank you very much. Marcus, what stock are you buying?
1: Well, let me give you some ETFs, the obvious ones. And this is not based on anything other than terrible performances whilst the market's been going down, so they're likely to have a decent bounce. Let me give you LNAS, L N A S, which is the ETF Ultra Long Nasdaq. Then you've got GUS, which is the BetterShares Geared US Equity ETF. Then you've got Gear, G E A R, BetterShares Geared Australian Equity. Then you've got OZR, which is ASX 200 Resources. Then you've got QRE, which is a BetterShares as opposed to Spider Resources ETF. Then you've got Small Ordinaries SSO, and. That's That will probably do you. There are plenty of others, but those are the ETFs that have done the worst as the market has fallen over and will probably bounce the most should the market bounce.
0: Very thank you for
1: that list. And mine would be a stock that has been sold off
0: and sits within technology, which has been warped, but also has a good story behind it in WiseTech. So I think regardless of what happens, where the supply chain issues we've had are going to probably cause a significant change in that industry. And WiseTech seemed fairly well placed to benefit from that. So that's
1: haven't WiseTech already had some sort of that's, trading update recently did, which de-risks really, their results. And it was upgraded
0: guidance. Yeah, the upgraded yeah. guidance. So okay. And they're up three percent today, I think, and they popped on the back of that as well so they're up a little bit already but in terms of having a, a story to fall back on even if the trend turns around
1: that's one i would be in. and the other one of course is macquarie which i haven't mentioned but they're up three percent whenever that question it's a given isn't it very nice thanks guys say you away okay. thanks dave i was playing golf at the weekend with one of my friends who has been listening to our morning meeting podcast for free for the past Year, and he was looking a bit sad. And the reason he was looking a bit sad is because from the 1st of August, the Marcus Today Morning Meeting podcast is going dark. We are putting it behind the paywall. It'll be for members only. Anyone who wants to continue listening to the Marcus Today Morning Meeting Podcast should do themselves a favour and us a favour and subscribe. And just to tickle you along, if you send an email to info at marcustoday.com.au and be very nice to Will, Chi-Chi and Karishma, they may just give you a bit of a promo code. Give it a go.